Hi everyone, welcome back to Talking Trikes episode two. I'm Kyle and we have Darcy here as well. Uh, lots happened in the last week. Uh, Victoria has seemed to not been doing too flash. So uh, with the next race being planned or the first race being planned, August 15th, 16th uh, at Vic Park in Adelaide, it will be very interesting to see what's gonna unfold over the next few weeks. Darcy, what's been happening over there, mate? Give us, a, give us an insight. Yeah, well, I'm not in Victoria, but I can give you a rundown. Um, so what's happened is that there's been a cluster that's broken out and it's sort of just blown out into the community. Um, I think they're still getting about 75 cases a day. And unfortunately, the South Australian government has decided not to open the borders uh, when they originally planned. So at the moment, estimates from a couple sources are looking at maybe two months. So... Yeah. yeah. So unfortunately, it doesn't look like that the, it may open in time for the race. Um, yeah. But I guess it, the question does come down, should we race? What, what do you reckon, Carl? Should we go ahead with the race, man? Yeah, I definitely think uh, race. I know that everyone that can participate in the race would be, you know, be super keen to race. And I think there's some obviously some power teams in Victoria, you know, there's, there's lots mm. of competitors from Victoria, but I think it's really important for the sport to go on. And mm. however, however that might be, it's just, I think it's just got to happen. Absolutely. Um, and Victorians are going to be, you know, missing out, but that's only going to make everyone a little bit more eager to get back on the track. And, and hopefully it's sooner than two months, but I think the racing has to go on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so what what do you reckon about what do you reckon about this? Should the series discard the first race in terms of points, or what what should be the go? Because you've got categories like the schools categories that won't be really affected by this as much because they're not going to be having that Victorian influence. But when you're talking about category C seven, it's just a completely different story. If you're missing out on Arguably, obviously, the big dogs, you're not really going to have a fair old go. And if there's only two races, if you add the points on, whoever just is there is going to win. So should, right. should we just... Should the committee discard the points for the first race if many Vic teams can't come across? Or should the show just go on like they usually would? Yeah, that's... It's, it's a tough question, uh, as, as everything is at the moment. In my opinion, I think for the teams that are, you know, really affected, those categories should just be like, all right, when everyone can compete, it's level playing field from then on. Uh, mm. Whether they have a separate kind of section for the ones that can compete against each other, I'm not sure. Mm. I think for me, racing, the main race, obviously, to win was always Murray Bridge. It was the, it was the one that we cared about, and I think that's the main race for most people that, you know, you really want to win as much as points and series go. I think uh, the Murray Bridge win is the big one. So yeah, it's, I don't really have an answer to that. It's, it's quite a tough, tough question. Yeah. Yeah. I think it personally, I reckon it should be just a winner takes all race at bridge. Um, that's that, that'd be the fairest way to go. Cause if you're blocking if some teams are blocked from racing, it's not really fair racing. It's just whoever happens to be lucky enough to be based in South Australia, it's going to take the win. Easy as. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, so yeah. I think if 
the borders are still open um, at Bridge. It should just be winner takes all. So whoever wins, wins everything. Yeah. Um, and then with the other categories, I think that's something that can be discussed further. Cool, Carl. So what, what? Yeah, so I heard we've got a special guest coming on. Can you yep. give me a rundown who this might actually be? Yeah, so a guy that I know fairly well, I've raced with, uh, against, and he's just been part of the racing scene in, you know, trikes and pedal pre for as long as I can know. I remember hearing a lot about this guy or this kid really when uh, he was a younger guy and he was racing with some really big teams, which I'm sure we'll hear about soon. Um, he raced with me with Aurora and he was lucky, lucky enough to win the Murray Bridge race last year with Waddle Ironbark. So, so on the show today, we have Brenton Hassett. Welcome, Brenton. You've been in the sport for as long as I can remember, racing in many different elite teams. Give us a little bit of an insight into your history in the sport, mate. Yeah, g'day, guys. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, look, I, I started off back in um, high school. I think I was in year, year eight which would have been 2008, um, started with Haruna. Uh, I actually started um, back where uh, John Taylor had sort of just sorted out all the uh, clamshell fairings. Um, and yeah, started with the school there. That was really, that was really good for me. I uh, sort of didn't have anything to do with uh, cycling or anything like that. I was actually coming out of uh, athletics. Mm. Um, and yeah, sort of got asked to ride for the team at school and thought it was something pretty cool to do. So yeah, went and tried it out and uh, loved it ever since. Was absolutely hooked from that day on. Um, and yeah, sort of went from there and uh, did a few races. I think my first race was Casey Fields. I uh, actually got to ride in the team with uh, Jack Haig. If you, yeah, if you guys know Jack Haig. Yeah, got to got to ride with Jack. That was pretty cool. That was that was my first ever race. We won that. I was at Casey. Um, and then, yeah, the, the second race I did was at Wonthaggy. That was different, 24-hour. Yeah, that Absolutely love that. Knew I, that was something I wanted to do with for a long time was HPV after I did my first 24 hour. Loved it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And from that day onward, I sort of did a bit of training and got got a ride at it. And uh, yeah, the the uh, True Blue Boys actually the next year they were looking for a rider. They lost their rider, uh, Steel Von Hoff, because um, he went off to be a pro cyclist. And um, yeah, they uh, come to our school. What's that? As you do, you yeah, step as in, fill the position. That's it. Yeah, from that from that day, like when they came to our school, Trubley came to our school, and yeah, they were asking around for our riders, and yeah, I had the opportunity to put my hand up and go ride for them. But um, yeah, I wasn't actually the quickest at the time either. It was just lucky on the day or sort of the week around that time, the kid that was actually the fastest was Crook. So <laughs> oh, lucky yeah, I, got, as. I got to fill the spot. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah, the next year I. I rode for True Blue. So, yeah, it was all of 2010 when I was only 14. So, yeah, that was pretty great. Absolutely loved it. Yeah, it's massive. Yeah, yeah 14. Mm. Yeah, I, I, went from, I went from racing from True Blue in 2010. I did, a, I did a, like the school races, but I went, obviously yeah. when I had the chance to, to ride for True Blue, I obviously never turned that down. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I rode with them. We actually won Murray Bridge in 2010. Um, can't remember who we, who we even our biggest competitors were I didn't I don't even know I don't think I knew enough about the sport at the time I was just sort of <laughs> yeah. just sort of 
thrown in the deep end a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it was Trisled. Trisled were probably pushing us back then. Mm. Um, but yeah, so yeah, that was that was that year, and uh, yeah, the next year I wrote, that was when I started with uh, Senior, twenty eleven. Um, yeah, started with Bendigo Senior. I got to uh, finally meet um, Daryl and Tim White up there at uh, Senior. Um, those, if you don't know who uh, Daryl King is, he he um, sort of started BYR with um, a couple of boys here in Bendigo, like Nigel Preston. He runs Angie Breakthrough, um, a few other people like that. Um, and Tim, Tim actually taught Daryl back when he was a student, um, yeah. at senior. And yeah, so Daryl sort of, I got, I moved into one of the biggest, uh, HPV sort of breeding grounds here in Bendigo. <laughs> um, yeah, HPV. So yeah, that, that really sort of put the flame in me and that's probably where I learned me most just about training and, um, just about vehicle technology and stuff like that. And even handling, like I was probably not the best handler until I went there and, um, the vehicles are so light, you sort of don't get a lot of um, time for error when you're handling the things. But um, yeah, so I learned a lot there. Um, awesome friends, met so many amazing people. Um, and then, yeah, 2012, I rode for senior again. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, and then after that, it was Aurora all the way up until Waddle. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. big history, that's for sure. Way longer than me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've ridden for a few teams. Um, I've always sort of stuck by the teams that I've been in. Um, I think the hardest thing for me was the change from Aurora to Waddle. Um, obviously, Aurora finished up and we saw... Oh, I'm not sure they finished up. Sort of just built a bit of a gap year or something, wasn't it, Kyle? It wasn't really like... Yeah, a, yeah, it's just like a up. little time out. <laughs> yeah, it was just a bit hard, you know. Like, I had a lot of my mates that I'd ridden with at school riding for Waddle and... Um, you know, you guys are all from Maryborough. We're sort of, yeah. I knew as well. I got to know you as well for the years, but you know, yeah. sort of to go back and you know hang out with your childhood friends and be able to ride in an amazing team with them. It's pretty. It's just something else, you know. And it's the same for you. Mm-hmm. Like you know, you're from Maryborough. You get to ride with the Maryborough boys. Yeah. Over some some blokes from Bendigo, you're probably going to pick the Maryborough boys, aren't you? <laughs> I think I think you're always going to get like want to go back and ride with the guys you grew up and it's just yeah it's something about it it's just a bit of fun like you just yeah want to see how they go you have a bit of fun together it's that's just right. it's just a good feeling yeah and i think that's the biggest thing that like i'm missing you know i just want to go and hang out with the boys and it's just like as fun as racing is it's just like going and seeing them and seeing how they've been and you know as we all get older that's right. and yeah. that's, that's what it, yeah. that's the biggest thing about not going to events you just you miss your mates like it, you know, all you guys I never get to see outside of HVRE racing and mm. people from over in SA, like all the relentless guys and, you know, Jason Noddle and all that. It's like, you know, it's, it's really good to see all you boys. And if you don't, the races aren't on, you don't get to catch up. It sucks. Yeah. 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 Cool. Cool, Ranger. That was a massive history. Um, it seems you've got more history than I do even being alive. Um, so what's happening now, man? Uh, COVID hit. It's all up in the air but what what's going on with your life man how are you coping with it um yeah look it's certainly uh been different um i wouldn't say it's been great um as it's not been for anyone with this COVID around um i think the hardest part's been missing all my friends from hpv races um even just me friends from waddle um because we the restrictions and stuff haven't been able to catch up as much and Mm. it's just not the same through social media as catching up in person and being able to go out riding in a group or something like that um 
so yeah, it's, it's been a little bit tough um, when it comes to mates and friends and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I guess everyone's sort of in our teams been feeling a little bit isolated. Um, but uh, I think a lot of the boys are still training. Um, the, the, the fitness is up, but I think like uh, there's a few boys that aren't motivated this year and I'm definitely one of those boys. Um, <laughs> you know, you sort of, you go through a lot of seasons and um, very rarely you get to push the pause button um, and just enjoy the year and get fat. Um, and that's definitely been me this year. I've been putting a pause button on it and slapping a few extra kilos on and um, yeah, certainly not training at all. So um, yeah, it's just been enjoyable just to uh, sort of look at my life and I'm building a house and stuff at the moment. So yeah, it's sort of all that kind of stuff that I wouldn't normally be able to get done with a season not um, being on the go. Um, it's all that stuff that probably wouldn't have done before if COVID hadn't hit that. That's what's keeping going at the moment. But yeah, um, from Waddle's perspective, I think everyone in the team um, has taken a bit of a step back this year and sort of just enjoying what's going on in their lives. And I know all the boys that do the development stuff with the vehicles, they've spent a lot more time on the actual vehicle itself and future developments. Um, so yeah, we've certainly spent a lot of time with the vehicle this year and that's been really great. Um, I think anyone that's pushing the, for the, the sport forward and, uh, you know, sort of testing new things and that uh, this is the perfect time for that. So yeah, I think that, uh, yeah, it's a great opportunity to develop the, the vehicle's speed and stuff like that. So yeah, I assume there'd be a lot of teams out there doing similar things to Waddle and just focusing on testing and stuff like that. So Absolutely. yeah, that's sort of what, what um, we've focused on this year. Yeah, yeah. Have you have you had a chance to get out in the truck at all this year? Yeah, uh, yeah. We, look, we've been down to the Velodrome. I think some of the boys took it down to Casey not too long ago. Um, and yeah, like the vehicle's showing some good speed. Um, but yeah, it's kind of hard to tell when you're not on a racetrack. Um, it can look good in testing from my years of experience. The truck can look so good in testing and uh, you get to the race and it's just, just mid-pack pace or, mm. you know, you might not... You, you're still up there, but it, it's not showing the speed that it did on the test days. So yeah, it's um, it's looking good at the moment with the vehicle. But yeah, other than that, you never know. Yeah. You never know. That's so you right. right. Yeah, that's exactly right. So the last few years you've been racing with Waddle, um, and you fell short a couple of times at Murray Bridge, obviously. But last year, you know, you had an amazing race. You know, tell us a little bit about that. Did, did something click or did something happen through the year or, you know, it was obviously your year. So fill us in, like, how did, how did it all unfold? Yeah, last year was, um, it was a pretty cracker of a year. Um, I think um, HPV racing is a little bit like uh, cooking a good meal. You know, you've got to have all the ingredients there um, to actually make a good meal. It's got to be nice and fresh and, you know, you got to prepare it well and uh, got to cook it for the right amount of time. Um, and I think that uh, last year we really did that well. Um, we've really prepared ourselves well. Um, the boys came into the season nice and fresh, so we we're ready to do some hard yards in the training. Um, and we, we sort of rode off the first half of the year, uh, which, look, we, we still had a nice base fitness, so we were able to be quite quick at races, but uh, just the vehicle time and... Uh, all the hard training that we normally put in through a whole season, we sort of dialed it back a little bit at the start mm. um, and really prepared and sat down with um, one of our guys that helped sort of us sort of coach us all 
Um, he's absolutely cracker of a guy. Um, spends a lot of time after hours sort of putting time into the boys and working out what the best training program is for the year. Um, he, he sort of spent so much time with each one of us individually because, you know, that's what a team is. It's a heap of individuals um, that come together and make a great team. Um, and that's what we really focused on. Um, just how can we make the training better for the boys and make it so they actually want to come and train and what works for each individual person. Um, mm. And I think that's what happened well last year. We sort of, we came into that last half of the year when we wanted, we knew we wanted to try and win bridge. Um, we sort of had fallen short, obviously, as you know, pretty much every year we've taken model there. We've always been sitting in the second spot or sometimes even third. Um, but yeah, this year we sort of, last year we sort of, yeah, come into the end of the season there um, with great preparation for that one race. Um, our training was peaking at that time with all of us because we're all coached by the same person rather than going through different, you know, some people come from different sports or um, they might be doing a different program. They might have more focus on other events. Um, but yeah, this year we all decided we're going to sit down, we're going to have a crack at this one race. Um, and I think that was probably the most important thing um, was, yeah, definitely our training. Um, so yeah, when we, when we came into Murray Bridge, yeah, you, you probably, the vehicle speed was up, but you've probably seen, yeah, a lot of the, the fitness coming out of that race, even our younger guys um, that probably, that they can, they can do the pace, but they probably can't do the, the duration. Um, and that even those guys, they did like, you know, nearly two hour stints at the pace of the, yeah. the front runners were also even in that team. There was never a standout person. Um, everyone, was, the pace was just ridiculous um, with how consistent it was. Um, so yeah, we were really just a team at that race. And I think that's, that was the biggest difference maker. And all these years I've been doing it, um, I think I've never ridden in a team that's been so consistent and evenly matched. Um, I, think, I think that's what got us through. Um, you know, obviously racing for Relentless, uh, we just, we were amazed at, you know, exactly what you were saying, Lee's riders just riding amazingly fast for such a long time. <laughs> and we just, we kind of just lost the lead at the start and we just could never catch it, catch his back. He's just so consistent and so fast. And, and um, it was just, it, you know, as, as hard it was, it was good to see because, you know, what will have been right up there for so many years and it's been such a good team for the sport yeah. as well so massive performance yeah oh, how'd that, Brenton how'd it feel you, you you and the team have worked so hard for so long at this was how sweet was victory at the end yeah look at like from a personal perspective it was um pretty amazing um but i think for me it was just like we'd, we'd all worked pretty hard that year. Um, and it was, was kind of, for me, it was bittersweet. I was pretty worn out coming into the end of it. <laughs> so like I was, I was over the moon to get the win um, and overwhelmed. But uh, I think for some of the boys in that team, you know, you got like Reese Harris, um, kid's been riding since primary school. Like he, Reese actually a lot younger than me. He was, he was only in grade six or something. Um, when he started HPV and like that kid's been tra training hard every single year since like grade six <laughs> and he never won Murray Bridge and like to see yeah just to see those boys win Murray Bridge it's like oh just something else so yeah I think that's what did it for me just seeing my mates win like you know the biggest event of their life it was pretty awesome so that 
that really, that's what hit me home, like, you know, right in the field. So, yeah, that was good. All right, Brendan, just to wrap things up today, let's hear about your worst moment in the sport and your best moment in the sport. What do you got? Oh, I probably started off with the worst, eh? <laughs> um, worst moment? Um was probably I had a intolerance to wheat um, and I went to a couple of races with uh, I, well I did a heap of races with Aurora but um, sort of, I think it was my first year I was only pretty young still but you know when you're first looking after yourself sometimes you forget to tell people things and I forgot to tell Azza that I was uh, had a wheat intolerance um, for, your, for those of you who don't know who Azza is he's the owner of Aurora Racing um and yeah anyway sure enough i smashed down some spag bowl and uh <laughs> this is at one thaggy yeah come probably coming into later half of my stint i threw it up all over the roof oh. and it sort of but all the spaghetti strands stuck to the roof like and they'll just dangling in front of like me sight so it was who, like, who was in after you? was it as it was as there in after you <laughs> <laughs> no it was uh it was henry <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah Ask him about it. He would have loved that. Yeah. <laughs> he was going off. <laughs> and yeah, so that, that one, that for me was pretty gross. And I felt pretty bad about having to send Henry on his way <laughs> with um, <laughs> spaghetti hanging off the roof. So yeah. And oh, I didn't talk about mid race carbs. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I, um, when I got out too, I like forgot to tell Az that I'd done that. So like when he did the pit stop, he just closed the lid and like it just fell straight into Henry's lap. <laughs> it's uh, so gross. Oh. So yeah, that, that, that was probably one of my worst moments. Um, and then probably my best, um, probably just, oh geez, best. Probably good. There's been some good memories just from the sport. You know, like you get to meet and lots of people. We come across some awesome people. Um, but uh, yeah, probably back in 2011 when I first started riding for Senior, we sort of we just debuted our brand new carbon trike that we were racing at Adelaide, and um, I think it was like it was the first round of Adelaide or something. And we actually came as a school team. Um, we actually came second overall. Wow. Um, and that was against like some good teams, like you know you had Blue Shift and Trislet and all that there. Wow. And, wow. Yeah, to come second overall was just. I don't know. It was just really cool as a school team. Um, and that race, we just, I don't know, we're just a bunch of bogans come from the country. And any of you guys that remember what senior was like back in the day, like when they were racing, you know, over in different states, they're sort of are just a bunch of loose units. You know, there's always, always a bogan at senior. And um, yeah, just remember getting out of the trike at that race and just people just piled on you just like to get around you and stuff even though you're sweaty and <laughs> yeah you know, it's it just the most bogan thing ever so yeah i just loved it it's just that, that memory will always live with me forever so yeah, yeah that's what hpv does yeah with bendigo they're pretty renowned for their names do you do you remember some of the names that they had when you were racing oh yeah like like the vehicle names or yeah the vehicle names <laughs> Oh, ours were pretty laid back, I thought, like, you know, just razzing and, oh, well, we had going to have a bad time, which that year we definitely had a bad time. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, like, I think our our years were pretty laid back, but there were some real bogan ones in the years after I left and, like, you know, well, I think mum was like Red red Lid Bin or something, I don't know, there's just lots of weird names coming out of that school, it was pretty funny. 
Yeah, I remember Grand Theft Mango and Uphill Gardener. And they're like, what's going on? Where are these people from? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some pretty funny names coming out of there, eh? Yeah. Like, I, I just, I always wonder what people would thought of seeing you. Yeah? Like, like <laughs> who are these guys? Did they just have a hat and they just had random stuff in their hat? Like, yep, yep. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, pretty much went like that. It was probably the... A lot of it just come from whatever you were looking at at the time. That's why the bin lid one was a funny name, or yeah, just like I don't know. Like we decided to make a front wheel drive, and somebody's like, "Oh, you're gonna have a bad time," so we named it. You're gonna have a bad time. <laughs> it was oh, actually no, it was also a South Park episode that somebody was like banging on about in that time. So you know, it's just weird names that come out of nowhere. <laughs> oh, that's great. That is awesome. <laughs> Uh, spaghetti hangs from the roof. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us today, Ranga. I uh, hope that everything can improve in Victoria and we can see the bottle team, you know, back on the circuit soon. Um, we wish you all the best. Next week, Darcy, what do we got? Um, for next week, we've got some interesting plans in mind. Uh, hopefully, we can be joined by some manufacturers of trikes and get there insights on what makes a trike fast, how to make a trike and how to make sure a trike doesn't break. Um, as well as that, we'll be giving you regular updates on what's going on with the series as it's an ever-changing climate. So thanks, Ranga, for joining us, man. It's been great. Thanks for that, fellas. I love what you guys are doing. Doing an awesome job. No worries. We'll see you next week for Talking Trikes, episode three. Bye for now. See ya.